Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClay. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. You have survived the weekend. You are back at it. It's going to be a great week. We're very excited to be on with you today. It's going to, we're going to have a great week of shows. I'm actually quite excited. Tomorrow is a big topic, one that I've been wanting to cover for a very long time, and that is human trafficking, the slave trade. Worse now than ever in human history, at least in my humble opinion. Well, our guest is, a, is, a, is an expert in the subject on a global stage, and we're going to have that conversation tomorrow. But today, we're going to be talking about uh, this health summit at the Vatican. Uh, Edward Penton from EWTN uh, News is going to be on our program today to tell us about what is going on at the Vatican? We t- we we kind of went into this last week during uh, one of our "What's Concerning Us" sections. I think it was on Friday, as a matter of fact. Um, Chelsea Clinton, Deepak Chopra, Dr. Fauci, and other people have been invited to the Vatican, or I think they're going to do a Zoom chat uh, to talk about health. Um, so far, nobody on that list espouses the Church's teaching on on vital issues surrounding health. So. Okay, help me understand what's going on. That's going to be our conversation with Edward Penton. I think we'll also dive into uh, the fact that the Secretary of State Cardinal Paroline and Betchiu have been impl- implicated in that uh, scandal in the uh, London property purchase thing. There was a warrant. Their names were on it. We're going to try to get some details about that. But did you hear that the Jesuits have pled $100 million to atone for taking part in the slave trade? Yeah, they owned a plantation. They owned slaves back in... And in the 19th century in America. So that's interesting. German Catholics planned a huge blessing of gay unions on May 10th, in spite of the Vatican saying, you can't do that. So maybe we'll talk about that today. Of course, there were lot, there was lots of violence around our country over the weekend. Austin and, uh, and Wisconsin and Minnesota. I mean, the National Guard got attacked. I mean, it was a pretty dangerous weekend. So maybe we'll talk about some of that as well. So there's a ton of information to go, get into today on the program. And we're glad you're here. So breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel of the day, a what's concerning us section. And then Edward Penton will be our guest in the guest segment. And the team is here. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. Speaking of human trafficking, did you know that there is a secret network of underground uh, religious sisters of nuns who are fighting human trafficking? That is super cool. There's tens of thousands of them in this network. I just saw it on NBC News this morning. Can we book them? Can we book somebody from their organization? I don't think they speak English. It's in India, but we could try. I'll look into it. We'll find someone to translate. That would be totally cool to have them on the program. Or at least somebody to represent what they're doing and, and give us the lowdown. I would love that. That'd be, that'd be amazing. Now, you're, a sh- you're what we used to call in the Marine Corps short-timer. T-minus how many days until you're packed up and headed out? I don't know. However many days until May 14th. So, yeah, okay. So we used to count the days down. We were like, T-minus 12 days and, go- and done. <laughs> I wake up and we're out of here. Speaking of waking up, I guess who I found sleeping on the floor this morning when I walked in. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. And he, he's not joking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was out with the, uh, the TFP and, uh, at A&M helping protest the, uh, the drag show there. So I got... 
to uh, got here at 1 a.m. and uh, crashed for a couple hours and here we go. And then, uh, oh, and one other thing, uh, happy birthday to my uh, grandmother who uh, passed away about a year ago. So happy birthday to her. Please Aww. pray for the repose of her soul. Amen. We'll be praying. All right. Praise be to God. Speaking of which, we'll include her in our intentions today. All of your intentions, dear listen, whatever is on your heart, whatever you're challenged with today, we're including that in our in our prayer. Um, of course, our team here for God's perfect will for whoever shall uh, attempt to replace Miss Emily on the program. All of that. Asking Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for all of us today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. State legislatures of West Virginia and Kansas recently passed bills restricting participation in women's sports to one's biological sex and not gender identity. New legislation in West Virginia would require participation in single-sex sports teams and events to be based on the biological sex of the athlete at birth. The bill passed the state legislature on April 9th. And the Kansas bill would similarly mandate that female student athletic teams only include members who are biologically female. That bill also passed the state legislator on, in April. A bill in Montana would likewise require single-sex sports at public schools to be designated based on biological sex. That bill is scheduled for a Senate hearing on April 19th and awaits a final vote before being sent to the governor's desk for signature. These three states are just one of many that are beginning to enact laws against allowing biological men into women's sports. The co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement is being criticized for purchasing four high-end homes for over $3.2 million. Patrice Kahn Cullers, a self-described Marxist, last month purchased a $1.4 million home in Los Angeles. The homestead, which includes two houses on a quarter acre, is just one of the three homes that Con Cullors owns in the L.A. area, public records show. Hawk Newsom, the head of BLM Greater New York City, which is not affiliated with Con Cullors Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, called for an independent investigation to find out how the global network spends its money. Black Lives Matter is currently cleft by deep divisions over leadership and funding. The organization raised $90 million last year, the AP reported, but the organization's finances are kept secret, a fact that has sparked criticism even among their supporters. The Society of Catholic Scientists will hold its 2021 conference in Washington, D.C. on the subject of non-human intelligence. The conference is titled Extraterrestrials, AI, and Minds Beyond the Human and will take place at the Hilton Hotel from June 4th to the 6th and will also be live-streamed. Conference discussions will provide scientific and theological insights on the subjects of real and hypothetical intelligences, especially extraterrestrial and artificial intelligences. Four of the invited speakers will discuss the possibility of extraterrestrial life from their respective fields of study, astrophysics, astrochemistry, evolutionary biology, and Catholic theology. 
Founded in 2016, the Society of Catholic Scientists began with only six members and now has over 1,400 scientists, students, and other intellectuals in over 50 countries. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to God in all things. St. Alphage of Winchester, pray for us. St. Alphage was born in 954 in Weston, in England. He was born to the nobility, but gave it up to become a young monk. And uh, I think it was in Gloucestershire. Easy for me to say, right? Um, But he was an anchorite and then the abbot of Bath Abbey, known for his personal piety and austerity. He was Bishop of Winchester in England in 984, built several churches, installed a cathedral organ a cathedral organ so large that apparently it could be heard up to a mile away. That's incredible. And his uh, charity was so great that there was reported to be no beggars within his diocese. He may have helped negotiate peace treaty in 994, which ended some of the Viking raids there. Eventually, he would become the Archbishop of Canterbury in 1006. In 1011, the Danes began raiding again, laid siege to Canterbury, sacked the town, and captured Alphage along with several other church officials, all of whom were held for ransom. He reported to have healed many sick Danes by praying over them and feeding them blessed bread. Alphage refused to approve the payment of ransom for himself and after several months was martyred. It was, I think it was in April, 19 April, 1012, in Greenwich, in Greenwich, in Kent, where he was beaten with stones and ox bones and then struck on the head with a blunt edge of an axe. It is also reported that St. Thomas Becket was praying uh, for St. Alphage's intercession just before he was murdered. He would be canonized in 1078 by Pope St. Gregory VII, St. Alphage of Winchester, Pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 22 through 29. After Jesus had fed the 5,000 men, his disciples saw him walking on the sea. The next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not gone along with his disciples in the boat, but only his disciples had left. Other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they had eaten the bread, when the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of of God, that you believe in the one he sent. 
That is a, a really big theme from last week. We were covering John chapter 3, and that just was getting hammered quite a bit. You have to believe, but your belief, your faith has to then um, materialize in the way you live your life. Your faith has to inform the way you live your life. You can't just say, I believe, and then go on sinning and living a crazy lifestyle. You have to convert. You have to have the works that are uh, evidenced to the faith that you hold to. And here Jesus is hammering this again in John 6. Uh, This is the work of God that you believe in the one he sent. And the one he sent, he sent one, that is Jesus. Now, this is also a great passage for the deep contrast between the earthly and the heavenly. They're seeking for this earthly kingdom. Too many times, uh, Catholics, Christians, people of faith, they, 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 we talk a good game. We talk about the eternal. We talk about the things we believe in. But if you boil it down, I think it becomes clearer that we, what we really want is the here and the now. We just want things to be good right? We want to wake up. We want to have a good day today. We want everything to go our way. We want uh, you know, the bills paid. We want uh, a nice, comfortable lifestyle. We want our kids to grow up, be finely educated, get wonderful jobs, drive nice cars, and live in nice houses, have good friends, and wear good clothes, and, and enjoy good food and, and good times. Good, 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 good. But do we want them to get to heaven above all things? Even if it meant like St. Alphage being beaten with ox bones and, and having our, our skull crushed by an axe, are we willing to go that far for our faith? Are we willing to go to that level? Alcuin would say there's deeper symbology in this passage. He's a, a ninth century from, from York in England. He would say the one ship is the one church in this passage. When they saw that one boat, remember that? And he says the one ship is the one church. The other ships which come from besides, they are... Uh, conveticals, he says, of heretics who seek their own, not the things of Jesus Christ. Wherefore, he will, he well says, ye seek me because ye did eat the, of the loaves. In other words, as Hadock would point out in his commentary, we are seeking the here and the now more than we are seeking heaven, heaven itself. And Jesus is telling them, we all know what comes next in John 6. We all know that the bread of life discourse yeah, is, is what's coming up next. And this is a a foretaste of that in this passage, that we should not seek the bread that perishes, but rather the bread that gives us eternal life, which endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man would give us. And as Chrysostom would point out, that Jesus rebukes their kingdom offer, rebukes the here and the now, in preference for the greater glory to come for all eternity in the beatific vision. Let's learn from this lesson. Let's all have faith in the one whom God has sent to us. The Holy Eucharist that he gives us is remedy to our souls for eternal life. Amen? Don't go anywhere. What's coming up next is what's concerning us. More Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. We'll be right back. Atheists have often viewed belief in God as wishful thinking, a projection of an idea because man fears death. But is this a fair claim? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, not everyone accepts God's existence for this reason. There are many who acknowledge His existence on the grounds of reasonable arguments. Second, even if someone does believe in God for this reason, it says nothing whether or not the proposition, God exists, is true. And finally, third, the theist could turn the table and say atheists reject God simply because they're scared of a divine rule maker and don't want to submit. 
Obviously, this is not evidence that can be used in support of theism. So, is atheism justified because belief in God is wishful thinking? Absolutely not. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God in all things. It's good to be on with you. You know, I failed to mention at the beginning of the show uh, one amazing thing we were able to do over the weekend is see my, my second grandson being baptized, being brought into the church, into the body of Christ, and become a Christian. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. I guess, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but last week we spent so much time talking about baptism to sort of culminate the week with an actual baptism, especially in the extraordinary form, is kind of cool and amazing. So praise be to God for that. Uh, Of course, uh, we're going to be talking to Edward Penton here in about 20 minutes from now about the, quote, health summit, unquote, out of the Vatican, Uh, one that includes people who are holding positions very contrary to what we believe as Catholics. So what is going on there? What are we thinking? Um, Edward Penton is going to be on. He's been reporting on all of that, and he's going to give us some of the information on that story, as well as uh, the warrant with uh, that impl- implicates Cardinal Paroline, Secretary of State of the Vatican, and Betchiu, uh in the scandal in London. So we'll be asking about that as well. Tons of stories to get into in the What's Concerning Us section. Really quickly, you remember that time when that politician, that famous politician, called for uh, greater uh, confrontation against the authorities? Do you remember that? Remember that? How did that work out? Oh, they, I think, uh, that's right, they were saying insurrection. They were throwing these types of terms out. Well, this crazy stuff going on in Minnesota, of course, with the... Uh, the trial that's about to will be the judgment's going to come down. I don't think it's going to come out like people wanted to. And so there's been some crazy stuff going on over the weekend there. Rep Maxine Waters tells protesters to get, quote, get more confrontational. This is her Saturday night saying this to the crowds. Get more confrontational. And she is, quote, hopeful protests continue, she says. You got to make sure they know we mean business and is hopeful protests continue, she says. While speaking to protesters in Minnesota on Saturday night, Rep. Maxine Walters, this is, uh, by the way, reported out of the blaze, hurled language that could be perceived as incendiary. Waters launched into a fiery rant during an appearance in Brooklyn Center where she commanded protesters to get, quote, get more confrontational. Unquote. If former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is not found guilty of murdering George Floyd. Quote, we're looking for a guilty verdict. Unquote. Waters said on the Chauvin trial. And quote. And we're looking to see if all of the talk that took place and has been taking place after they saw what happened to George Floyd. Unquote. 
She goes on to say, quote, if nothing does not happen, then we know that we're, we've got to not only stay in the street, but we've got to fight for justice, unquote. She, this is fiery, fiery language. We have to get more confrontational. Well, I don't know. You could say um, words have consequences, I suppose, because whether it's related to her or not at all, the protests there are pretty, uh, pretty tricky because that very uh, next morning, 4 a.m., the very next morning after she said those words, Minnesota National Guard soldiers injured in drive-by shooting, atta- uh, shooting attack in Minneapolis. A Minnesota National Guard neighborhood security team says it was attacked early Sunday morning. Two Guard members were injured from a drive-by shooting in Minneapolis, according to Minnesota National Guard. You know, the point of this is there's violence in Minnesota. There's violence in Wisconsin over the weekend. There was violence in Austin, Texas over the weekend. And in many other places, shootings. Chicago, every single Sunday afternoon, the, the death report or the shootings report comes out about Chicago and how many people were shot in the Windy City, a very violent place in America. The bottom line is violence is going to get worse. What is the remedy? Is it, is it law, uh, preventing people from having guns? No, they'll pick up knives. They'll pick up ox bones. They'll, they'll pick up rocks. They'll drive cars. They'll do whatever they can to do. The answer, my friend, is holiness. It, it, the answer to all of the world's problems is conversion. To every single atrocity that attacks mankind, it is divine intimacy with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is a faith that surpasses understanding and transforms the way we live and breathe and see the world. Um, Crazy times in our world, and I see them getting worse because we have not, in my at least humble opinion, have not prioritized evangelization first and foremost. Um, Here's another great example. German Catholics planned huge blessing of gay unions on May 10. Now, Adrian, you spent your Saturday night, Sunday night rather, uh, working on a problem similar to this. Why in the world would the German bishops, in spite of what the CDF has put out, decide that they are going to do this? Why would this be a problem? Yes, I, this is, it's really the, the tip of the spear of the, uh, of the revolution. It's, it's, what they do is, whenever they, they, you shove in homosexual marriage, and this whole idea that, because uh, it, what it does is it breaks down the fundamental aspects of man and woman. It destroys it. And whenever you destroy the fundamental aspect of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a wife, when that's destroyed, you have destroyed everything. Why? Because now, you one, you've destroyed reality. Two, you've destroyed the family. Three, you've destroyed the uh, influence of the church on a society and so it really is the tip of the spear. Once this uh, foothold gets in, uh, we see the results. And the most clear example of these results are what we see in New York right now of people suing the state of New York to get permission to uh, for a parent to marry their child. That's horrible. The yeah. next step is legal pedophilia. And so what we're seeing here in Germany is a blatant disobedience to the uh, Roman pontiff to the magisterium of the church, to the congregation of the doctrine of faith, and yet we see no reprimand or reprimansion. I, I can't speak right now. Uh, <laughs> we're not seeing any uh, results. Any we're not getting any excommunications. We're not so far. Nothing has happened to these bishops, and it's absolutely saddening to me because you hear people uh, scolding at people for the for the for every little thing, yet nothing for this. 
And it's it's quite shocking. I, I pray and I hope that the Holy Father and the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith will come out and squash this revolution. Yeah. Um, but it, it really is the tip of the spear, and it's going to the once it gets a foothold, it's going to destroy the church in Germany, just like we see with the Episcopal Church, just like we see with the Methodist Church, just like we see with the Anglican Church. Mm. You let this in, and everything falls apart. Um, now we know the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, but our Lord did not promise that any particular country or any particular place will retain their faith to the end of time, save that of Portugal with Our Lady of Fatima. So the church in Germany could be destroyed utterly. It could vanish off the face of the earth. That's very possible. It cannot, the church will never be uh, destroyed overall because our Lord has promised us, but he did not promise us that any country will survive. Yeah. Amen. By the way, this, uh, the German Catholic uh, planned huge gay union blessing thing on May 10th. That was a Crux Now article. We try to post the links to those articles in our in our chat boxes around uh, so that you can read them for yourselves and get the details for yourselves. Uh, Emily, what's on your radar? On my radar, I've got many, many, many things. Uh, same with the church in Germany. It's not just the the lady, it's the whole hierarchy. And we see now that actually the church in Germany is the richest church in the world because they have that... Uh, nationwide mandated tax that goes to the church so all catholics actually have to pay taxes to the church um and now they're considering germany is considering cutting that off uh, which i think is a great idea because the german church doesn't deserve that much money um so that's going to be a great idea and now i i'm concerned about the the refugee crisis here on at the southern border in america Mm. um we Joe Biden is trying to, well, who knows who is actually behind this, but they are trying to, the Biden administration is trying to blame this on Trump and the previous administration, but they are admitting a record and historic low amount of refugees into this country, which is ironic because that was a part of their platform when, you know, Joe Biden was running for president was, oh, they are the pro-immigration, pro-refugee, pro-immigrant party. And now they're the party that is allowing a record low amount of refugees into this country. It looks like they only allowed 2,000 and they said they were going to allow 62,000. Wow. In their first year. So uh, not good for Biden. Um And the National Institute of Health on Friday reversed restrictions on federally funded research using fetal tissue and organs of aborted babies. So um, this is another thing that's been concerning me is that now essentially in this nation, there we have created a market for fetal tissue. Um, And as we spoke about before, like these these children are being their organs are being harvested at a point when they are viable outside of the womb. So these are basically preemie babies that are being used and there's a market being created for them for scientific research. Mm-hmm. And so we we talked about some of those atrocities last week with the DNA being crossed with animals and and stuff like that, but yeah, still concerning me that now this is this is becoming a more morally ethical thing. Like the the health institute now is saying, "No, this is okay. This is okay." Like if we if we need to sacrifice some people for the sake of others, that's okay. It's like that, you know, the classic philosophy example where it's like there's 11 people in a hospital, everybody needs an organ. What if we just sacrifice one person and give their organs and then 10 people can survive uh at the cost of one death. Um so very skewed up ethics in our country now. We need to go back to basic philosophical truths. 
Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, look at the university system, which you're about to graduate from, which Adrian is a victim of. And uh, I mean, how many... Product of? Uh, yes, uh, victim. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> so how many major universities? I mean, Harvard, I mean, you, uh, Ivy League, major universities in America. I mean, look at the philosophy that they're teaching their kids these days. They're paying top dollar, mm -hmm. massive amounts of money. They're, they, they, we send our kids in droves to universities across America uh, to get a higher education. They lose their faith. They're, they're educated in socialism. I mean, absolutely. It, it's I was a win-win-win for, for big business. We were driving, uh, when we, whenever I was driving up to A&M with the TFP guys, these guys travel and they uh, do protest and uh, campaigns and universities all across across America and they said you know what's so surprising is like without fail every university will have the same students saying spitting out the same arguments with the same ideologies he said it's like the memo went out to every university in, the, in America mm. and they're all being indoctrinated with the same exact false philosophies and um, no one can attest to it more than the TFP because they they see it every day when they travel around the America and uh, are protesting and uh, campaigning at these uh, universities. And it is mind-blowing. It is so mind-blowing how every single student, they go in and they become indoctrinated with relativism. They become indoctrinated with false ideologies. Um, feminist women go in happy and they come out as uh, as a woke feminist. They, they now realize that they were oppressed all this time and though before they were happy. Um, it, it's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And we see it every day. So it's, it's, it's the state of universities is absolutely destroyed. And we can talk about that with Dale Alquist on uh, Wednesday <laughs> or Thursday, rather. Oh, good. We can avoid Chesterton and just talk about universities. Oh. That's a plan. I'm teasing. It's just a joke. Good grief. Chris, don't blame him. <laughs> well, at any rate, I guess the lesson there is let's uh, send your kids to better colleges, right? Better universities. Really do the research and don't send your kids off to crazy town because you think it might look good on their resume. Good grief. At any rate, all right, that's going to do it for What's Concerning Us. Coming up after the short break, we're going to have more breaking news and stories with Emily. And then our guest, Edward Penton from EWTN News, is going to be on to talk about the health summit at the Vatican, which includes Chelsea Clinton and Deepak Chopra, among others. What in the world are we thinking? More of that coming up next. We've got the drive time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Monday, April 19th, and these are your headlines for today. President Joe Biden will increase the refugee admissions limit by May 15th after reports that he would keep the refugee cap at its record low level for this fiscal year. The statement came hours after a senior administration official confirmed that the refugee cap would remain at the figure set by the Trump administration, a limit of 15,000 refugees to be admitted for the 2021 fiscal year. In February, Biden submitted a draft presidential determination to Congress stating in part that he would increase the refugee ceiling to 62,500 and would then increase it to 125,000 for the 2022 fiscal year. Biden never actually signed the final determination, keeping the refugee ceiling at its current level. According to the International Rescue Committee, a nonprofit that assists refugees, only 2,050 refugees have been admitted to the United States in the current fiscal year. This is an historic low. The National Institutes of Health on Friday reversed restrictions on federally funded research using fetal tissue in organs of aborted babies. The Department of Health and Human Services said in a notice to the extramural research community, researchers who are not at NIH facilities, that it would be removing the Trump administration's 2019 requirement that a federal ethics advisory board review all proposals for fetal tissue research. Tom McCluskey, president of March for Life Action, said, quote, This type of experimental research is a gross violation of human dignity and is not where the majority of Americans want their tax dollars being spent. The government has no business creating a marketplace for aborted baby body parts. The 2008 Vatican document Dignitatis Personae said that researchers have a duty to refuse aborted fetal tissue to remove oneself within the area of one's own research, from a gravely unjust legal situation and to affirm with clarity the value of human life. And continuing to openly challenge the Vatican, several Catholic leaders in Germany are openly supporting the blessing of same-sex couples, with a massive blessing service scheduled for May 10th in direct opposition to Rome's chief doctrinal office. Bishop Franz Josef Overbeck of Essen said that the priests in his diocese will face no canonical consequence if they decide to bless gay and lesbian couples next month as part of the event called Love Wins Blessing Service for Lovers. However, the website organizing the campaign has no public blessings registered in his diocese to take place on May 10th or around that date. Overbeck's stance is in direct opposition to a statement released by the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith on March 15th with papal approval. The document technically, an answer to a question posed to the CDF, argues that the church cannot do so because God does not bless sin. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. You know, I'm very excited this week. We're going to be um, uh, bringing on board Glory and Shine as a sponsor. We had them on last week. We were talking about, uh, we were uh, Board of Baby uh, 
you know, tissues and, and cells being used in the production of makeup and healthcare products, that kind of thing. We spoke to NOF too. Remember that? Well, uh, we're, we're signing them up as a sponsor. They're generously going to underwrite a part of this program. We're very excited. We'll be posting their link and getting spots on the air and all of that this week. Gloryandshine.com. You can check them out. Faith-based company, personal healthcare product, beautiful, incredible, inspirational packaging. Uh, I'm excited to bring them on board. But anyway, check that out. You can also find links to everything on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Joining us right now uh, via Zoom chat is Edward Penn, a journalist and reporter from uh, EWTN News. And he's been uh, talking about this conference in Rome, which we have as well, as you know. And it's uh, it's called Exploring the Mind, Body, and Soul, How Inno- Innovation and Novel Delivery Systems Improve Human Health. And it takes place on May 6th through the 8th. Uh, good morning to you, Edward Penton. Good morning. Praise be to God. Now, are you in Rome, Edward? I'm not sure exactly where on the world you are right now. Yes, I'm in Rome. Yes. Yeah, praise be to God. So how was your Easter real quick? Oh, great. Thank you. Yes. Uh, thankfully, all the churches uh, were were open, and so um, we could go to all the, the Easter liturgies. So, so yes, it was a very good um, and a very blessed Holy Week this week, uh, compared to last year, certainly. Amen. Praise be to God for that. Uh, so, what in the world is going on here? There's a, uh, there's a whole list of names that really, I feel, are shocking to the average Catholic. Um, or maybe, I don't know. Uh, I just feel like they're really crazy people to be invited to the Rome. So first, tell us, what is this event? What are they trying to accomplish? And then uh, maybe give us some of the names that are on the list. Right. Well, this is um, the the fifth uh, conference of its kind, which the Vatican has held, held by the Pontifical Council for Culture, the Vatican's um, cultural uh, dicastery. Um, the, previously, it began 10 years ago under Benedict, in fact, uh, and it was really geared towards promoting um, adult stem cell research and and it had brought in uh, big bio, bioethical uh, sorry uh, biotech companies to to discuss this with the Vatican um, this ethical way to to do adult stem cell research that uh, continued for the first three conferences up until uh, 2016 at which um, vice then vice president Joe Biden spoke um, he spoke about the importance of of this technology in terms of um, finding cures for cancer. Of course, he lost his son to cancer, so that was that was why he came then. Um, but then, since then, it's rather departed from its original um, mandate, and now it's sort of covering healthcare in general, and that's brought in um, big tech as well as big pharma um, and all kinds of um, organisations. And and as you said earlier, these uh, uh, personalities, famous, very famous people, have come too. Um, but not really to do with the church in any way, or really even to do with with um, science and healthcare. So it's a rather interesting and rather um, strange sort of development. People are saying, and this is this is um, they're not quite sure why this has happened. But certainly, the last two conferences have rather departed from its original mandate. Um, some of the names on this list. There's over a hundred speakers, I guess, that are on this list. I don't have the full list. It's uh, pretty extensive. But a- a Dr. Anthony Fauci, Chelsea Clinton, Deepak Chopra is on this list, uh, yeah. as well as uh, Carrie Kennedy, Cindy Crawford. Um, uh, that's interesting, Cindy Crawford. I mean, I don't often think of Cindy Crawford in terms of healthcare, novel delivery, human systems, or whatever. Uh, but okay, John uh, Scully, Brandon Marshall, Joe Perry of Aerosmith is on this list, and Monsignor uh, uh, Dario Ed- Eduardo Vigano is also on this list. Pope Emeritus of the Secretary of Communications. 
Um, you know, Edward, you've reported quite extensively on church scandals over the last uh, several years in particular. And I just think the uh, more, more and more Catholics are just kind of like fed up. We're just kind of exhausted by by the ne- what seems to be never ending and it, like the, the tone deafness that seems to happen at the Vatican when it comes to things like this. It's, it, we just want to say, you know, people to the curia, don't you understand, like, Chelsea Clinton does not espouse. Deep Rock Chopra is into the New Age cult. Uh, these are contrary to what we believe as Catholics. What in the world is going on? What would they say to something like that, you think, Edward Pinton? Well, I did speak to the official in the Vatican who's who's been in charge of organizing this, uh, Monsignor Trafni, uh, Thomas Trafni of the Pontifical Council for Culture. And he, his view is um, very much as what, what the view of the, of the Vatican has been since the Second Vatican Council, which is to engage with the world and to try and um, dialogue with the world instead of, as he put it, fight against it and to try and um, reach out to the to them and and explain the faith to them and challenge them as well as have them challenge the church and that's that seems to be the view it's very much in line in fact with uh, with what the pontifical council for culture's mandate uh, is and it says on its website its mandate is to it, it traces its origins to the second vatican council and to opening up to what it says is that great dynamic worried and multiform world of contemporary culture and that's how they see this. They see this as very much a sort of a way to engage the culture. Uh, but having said that, uh, when you look at the program, <clears throat> there's no real evidence of of opportunity for the church to really um, portray, or rather, convey that the church is teaching to these to these speakers and to these delegates. There's there's a there's def- various roundtable groups and discussion groups between, for example, uh, Mormons, Muslims, and Jews, for example, but not a Catholic. A theologian present to discuss, for example, um, the importance of fasting. So it's it's a rather strange <clears throat> importance of fasting to one's health, and so it's a rather strange um, agenda in the sense that it seems to be all one way, and that that um, that I think seems to be one of the criticisms of this. That although it sounds on paper to be um, very much in keeping with the Second Vatican Council and so forth, when in practice it tends to be very much a one-way street, and there's a lot of taking perhaps from the others and not much giving um, to the church. And there's not a lot of challenging going on either on either side. Now, do we know who has organized this event? Like, did this come directly from Pope Francis or is there maybe <clears throat> a, a different committee in the Curia who thought this up? Um, no, as I say, it goes back to 10 years ago. And that that um, that developed, I think, from a collaboration from, with the Pontifical Council for Culture and uh, this group, uh, the Cura Foundation, which was part of, um, actually dates back to, uh, to the Jubilee year 2000 under John Paul II. And this was a uh, what's called the Stock Project, which was um, set up really to, to engage um, science and faith and to bring a better dialogue between the two. Um, and that kind of evolved into these, into these conferences. Um, but so it so it, it's it's very much its origins are from the Vatican. But as I say, it's been sort of um, perhaps hijacked is too strong a word, but it's been rather uh, uh, morphed into this this far broader view of health. Um, hold, hold that thought, time. Edward Penton. Uh, do us a favor. Hold that thought. We're going to have to go to a short break. Edward Penton is our guest. We're talking about the health care summit at the Vatican. We'll have that and another story coming up after this very short break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. 
Jesus lived on this earth for 30-some years, but isn't it interesting that we know only about a few of them? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. We know nothing about most of Jesus' life. We can imagine that he lived such a good and ordinary life that it did not attract attention. Yet this average, everyday fidelity was the preparation for that mission we know from the Gospels. We don't know what God will have in store for us to do in the future. Life according to St. Benedict's rule tells us that the best way for us to prepare for it is by being faithful in the ordinary demands of our life, day after day. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. Only by fidelity in the seemingly small things we are expected to accomplish each day can we ever be prepared for whatever difficult sacrifices might eventually be asked of us. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Edward Penton is our guest. He is with EWTN News. We're talking about the Health Summit, the kind of the crazy, uh, the guest list. And, uh, you know, I... Edward, before the break, you were talking about how uh, the, the Vatican saw this as an opportunity to engage the culture. That's all well and good. The dialogue is great, wonderful, praise be to God. But if our side is not shared with them, then how balanced could this be? And what do you think, anyway, uh, what, should, what should average Catholics take away from this? What should we be thinking if it, uh, it seems so lopsided to us? I mean, to me, it just adds more to the pile of of exhaustion and scandal that has just been coming out more and more uh, in the last few years. Edward Penn. Yes, I mean, this, this um, is the unfortunate takeaway from this, I think, for a lot of people. And this is, um, as I say, this is a process that's been going on for, for some time. Um, but I think what we're seeing is perhaps, uh, perhaps a sort of departure from what the Vatican Council wanted, or maybe it's being true to it. But it seems to be... Um, uh, a prob- problematic in the sense that um, you're getting these organizations wanting to dialogue with the Vatican, but then once they're given an inch, they take a mile and they, they, they then sort of push their agendas uh, rather than the Vatican challenging them with, with the church's teaching. And that, as I said earlier, that seems to be the, the, um, the trend here. And it's, um, and, and, you know, you're seeing it in, in different areas of the Vatican now um, and they're not, in a way, it's you could say it's having an effect on the on the way the the Vatican, uh, the, the out the sort of the pronouncements the Vatican makes. Some say that it's now more compromised that it won't speak about certain things because these organisations are now closely involved with the Vatican. You see it quite strongly in the Pontifical Academy for Sciences, for example, um, and that that's another aspect to this. And some argue that well, maybe there's money involved, maybe because the Vatican is is. Uh, struggling financially, especially after the COVID pandemic, whether there's money in it for the Vatican, and that's why they they allow this. But I think I did ask the the official in the Council for Culture about this, and he said, "Well, no, there's no 
there's no money being given beyond paying for these these conferences but um but that's you know that could be problematic too because if they're paying for these conferences um then they get uh, the say they get sort of um uh, they they they're allowed to to have it the conference go the way they want it rather than the way perhaps the vatican does so uh, those those who have the money pull the strings very often and that that seems to be what's happening here so so yeah it's it's all a rather problematic development i think many would argue and uh, but we'll see where it goes from here mm. Let's switch to the story. There was a, a headline last week about a warrant that involved Car- the Secretary of State, Cardinal Paroline, and uh, and then, of course, Cardinal Becciu, who um, was sort of, uh, he was dismissed from his position, but he, at the same time, Pope Francis was hanging out with him for Holy Thursday, so that was strange. Um, but tell us about this. This is about the London real estate deal. What's going on there? Yes, this was the uh, arrest warrant for uh, a, a broker, financial broker called Gianluigi Torzi, um, who was responsible for for brokering this this uh, London property deal uh, that was was eventually sold uh, to the Vatican. The Vatican bought this property after having made uh, massive losses on it, um, and they brought it. They bought it through to Mr. Torzi in order to, I think, recoup the losses. Now. Um, the mystery about this is why this man Tortsi was was brought in by the Vatican because he had already had a reputation of of financial malpractice and uh, uh, money laundering and other financial crimes, um, and so people are mystified why he was brought in in the first place in 2018 to do this for the Vatican. And now, uh, having been cleared uh, in a London uh, court, uh, the this Italian broker has now been. Uh, uh, arrested or uh, arrest warrants being put, put out for him by the Italian authorities. Um, so it's it's a very mysterious um, sequence of events, and there are various theories about why this has happened. And one of them being that it's 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 to cover up um, those, uh, or rather to protect senior Vatican officials from from uh, perhaps uh, uh, indictment or from a hearing where where various. Um, hard truths or rather nasty truths might come out about this deal and and the involvement of senior Vatican officials within it. This was uh, Peter Spence money that was being used or just uh, was that coming from a different source of donation money? Well, that's been um, some of the allegations against this. The Vatican has denied that. Um, but uh, they say, well, the, Vat- the Peter Spence is, is used for um, maintaining the Vatican. It's not just for for charity, it's maintaining the curia, um, and I think they perhaps use used it for that. But under that that supposition, which of course um, is okay, because that's what the Peter's Pence is for. So, so there's there's debate about that. We don't know quite how much was used, but um, I think the I think it was used as security against a loan. That's what I've heard. Um, but the the uh, the issue here really is is the huge loss that the Vatican made. I think through, mostly through sheer incompetence, and that, um, and they've been trying to sort of cover up that uh, ever since. It seems there are. I've seen reports, or I don't know how accurate they are, about the numbers, especially donation uh, money uh, coming from America in particular, is way down. Is can you uh, speak to that at all? Do you know one way or the other? Yes, um, certainly the the donations I think are down uh, from the United States, uh, but uh, the problem for the Vatican is is really the the financial situation it's facing in terms of um, donations from everywhere, especially now that uh, the the Vatican Museums, which is a is a big income earner for the Vatican, 
um, has been closed for the last few months because of the COVID restrictions. So it is struggling and it's, um, it, it's had to cut salaries recently for, for Vatican staff and so forth. Um, but it's um, but it's also being hunt, hurt, as you say, by by falling donations. I think in in certain parts of the world, not everywhere, but I think um, the United States is one of them. So how does if if Cardinal Perlin is involved, at least um, at to some level or some degree, we I don't really know. But if this is if this is the case, what is His Holiness Pope Francis? Do you have any indication of how he's looking at Cardinal Perlin now and all of this? I mean, bet you got dismissed. Will Perlin be dismissed? Well, I don't know. I think Cardinal Parolin, from what I understand, has been trying to sort of trying to try to resolve this. He was, I don't think he was involved from the very beginning. So this this has sort of been landed on his lap, and he's been trying to find solutions to it. Um, but at the same time, he has been implicated in various aspects of it too. So, um, but I think what I've heard also is that, and from one of the officials who was was involved with the with the um, uh, Tortsy higher he he was he he claims that everyone knew about that from top to bottom including pope francis and so um it's to, to say that pope francis uh, doesn't didn't know about this or was is is um is not guilty of any of this i think is 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 probably not true as well i think there's a certain accountability there which needs to be uh, mentioned as well so it it it's hard to say as with all these financial things in the vatican it's it's there there are levels and levels of of mystery and uh and and you just it's very hard to get to the bottom of these things but uh, but it does seem to be that that this deal um and certainly this hiring of of this broker Torsi, was known from from senior officials down to the lower ones and so uh but the trouble is m- making people accountable and that's um that's always been a problem for the, in the Vatican because they're not open for election, and there's no, there's 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 no real people really there to keep the keep the checks and the balances going, and that's that's an element that needs. I think uh, people are people are pointing to this as a need for reform. That there needs to be more more checks and balances within the Vatican, especially on these these big financial um, deals that they've they've been making, and some some extent that's been improved. The Pope has implemented some reforms. He's He's, uh, cha- he's uh, removed financial responsibility from the Secretary of State uh, to another dicastery um, in order to try and improve those sort of checks and balances. But whether that's enough, we'll have to see. Yeah, and it does seem like um, with that move, as well as with the, you know, now they're putting out a warrant for Torzi, it does seem like there is some progress being made. Do you see what is the future, the financial future of the Vatican look like? What is it going to take to set everything straight? Because it's, it's kind of messy at the moment. Yes, I mean, what really needs is, is is full transparency on all of these issues. But how you're going to get there is is very difficult to say because, as I said, that there is no accountability. There's no real system of checks and balances. Um, and the way the hierarchy is structured in the church and in the Vatican, um, it doesn't really promote that. So, I think there needs to be almost a, a top to bottom change here from in the in the system and the way the system works and. Uh, I think until that happens, there's, there'll always be a certain lawlessness, unfortunately, about these certain issues. Um, but maybe that will come. And that's, um, the, the Pope's mandate has been to reform not just um, elements of the Curia, but particularly these, these, these financial aspects. And so maybe that's something on the cards. Um, with the Curial reform, which will come out uh, apparently over the summer, um, 
and that and this new constitution. So maybe that will be part of this, and that there will be these better um, checks and and better transparency. But as I said earlier, there's a lot of concern. I think among the senior officials that they might be, um, you know, the, the, there's perhaps things that might come out which would be very damaging. And so I think there are, there's concern that that might happen, and that they're not willing to to make those changes because that may may show all the skeletons in the cupboard, as it were. Mm. Mm. Well, we're just about a minute out, minute and a half out uh, with our conversation before we have to say goodbye to Edward Penton. Uh, do you think there's a sense here that the folks that mo- that were involved in this at the Vatican, the Curia? That they just didn't think that the faithful would be upset about this, that they wouldn't see that there's an issue. Is there some sort of tone deafness going on here, or am I misread that? Well, there is. I mean, there's a whole mixture of things, and as they oft, as it's often said about the Vatican, don't uh, don't attribute uh, malice. What can be attributed to sheer incompetence? <laughs> uh, that's sad. I, I think there can be a lot of incompetence, unfortunately, going on in the Vatican, and that's. That's often the, the large proportion of this, uh, and they, they, you know they're not trained in finance. The, these these officials, they, they were they're, they're trained priests, and they're not um, finance is not their thing. And so, unfortunately, they get involved in these things, and often they can easily go wrong. And I think that's what we're seeing here. But of, or, there are other things too, and I think there are elements perhaps of, of blackmail right. too and things. But we don't know that. That's, that's just speculative speculation. All right, we are out of time. Edward Penton, thank you for being on with us today. We are very grateful for your time and for your insight into this uh, another difficult and scandalous topic. Edward Penton, God bless you and God love you. My pleasure. Thanks. Good to be with you. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the second hour, we've got a whole new set of prizes to give away this week on our Fear and Trembling Game Show. That and a whole lot more Catholic Drive Time. If you're available, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT for the links. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshipping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshipping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshipping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false god does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false god when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true queen of heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12 verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. 
No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary. We honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Pray to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. You. You have survived the weekend. You are back at it. God is so very good. Hopefully you'll have a great week. We're going to be praying for your week here in a moment. We just wrapped up a a conversation with Edward Penton, EWTN correspondent, to talk about the the health uh, care summit out of the Vatican. I mean, crazy people on the list. You know, I get the uh, dialogue thing. We should dialogue with the world. Okay, fine. No problem. But it seems to be lacking our side of the dialogue. There's only one side. That's theirs, not ours. That's an issue. Um, at any rate, we also talked about the the scandal of the uh, London uh, property investment that went bust. Cardinal Perlin and Betchew were on an arrest warrant or implicated on arrest warrant for the guy who was brokering the deal. So we talked to Edward about that. So we'll post that conversation later today on our YouTube channel, Facebook, and elsewhere. You can check out the links to everything over on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning. That was a good conversation. Um, I can't say I understand what's going on in the Vatican any more than I did before, but, you know, it's it's an ongoing thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it is very sad, very discouraging for sure. I, that's one of the points I made with Edward is how weary the faithful are anymore. The the, the endless stream of of tone deafness and scandal that comes out of and it's, the Vatican. It just hurts because there's so little we can do as the lady except say that we're concerned. And but it's it's sort of out of our hands. Pray fast and do penance. Amen. Share the good, the good, the true, and the beautiful in spite of what comes out of the home office. Right. That's an option, I suppose. Uh, by the way, your fan club is just lamenting your departure. Online. Where? I mean, just... Like I could see tears flowing early, early in the last hour. There were some people commenting. Jennifer is commenting right now on, on YouTube side. And also our radio audience hadn't heard yet. Yeah. Praise be to God. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, we had to announce last week. If you're on our email list, you got the notice. But uh, uh, we announced last week that Emily is a short timer. She is departing the, the team. She is headed back to the Windy City of Chicago. Um, 
because she heard it's just uh, so much more beautiful back there, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to be a martyr, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope not, but uh, God's will be done for your life. So your last day is when, Emily? It will be May 14th, so I've got a May couple 14th. of weeks left. Okay, mm-hmm. so pray for the team as we look for uh, God's uh, uh, will, his person who he intends to replace Emily on the team. We'll be letting you know more about that, hopefully, in the coming coming days. So pray for that. At any rate, uh, guess I wanted to mention this and I forgot to. I watched... The News of the World over the weekend. Have you guys seen that film? No. No. Tom Hanks. It's an interesting film. It's set post-Civil War Texas, where the Federal Army is, has, uh, has occupied the South. They are an occupying force in the South. And uh, guns are banned. I mean, ammunition is banned. You can't have pistols and, and bullets. You had to have birdshot to defend yourself. So there's all kinds of crazy going on. You know, sort of uh, mob violent justice going on, similar to today, by the way. It seems like it's a perfect analogy of today, but uh, very interesting film, News of the World. I wonder if anybody in our audience has seen it. If you have and you're able to comment, I'd love uh, to chat with you in the after show about it. But we're going to jump into the new, uh, news, uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then our... Fear and Trembling Game Show is coming up. Brand new prize this week. Who's our prize? That's right. So our sponsor this week is Providential Company. And you can find them at providential.co. They're Houston locals here. So friends of the studio, I hear. And they're giving away a prize set that I will tell you more about on the game show. All right. Praise be to God. So prizes are involved. If you want to jump on the phone early, you can find the link, uh, the phone number over on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Otherwise, I'll give you the phone number here in just a little while. The first caller is always the contestant. I think it's like a $100 prize value, so it's huge. At any rate, we're going to pray for you and for your intentions as well as our own here on the team and our radio apostolates. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcrest. By the end of this year, Rio's Christ the Redeemer statue will no longer be the tallest statue of Jesus in Brazil. A construction effort in the southern town of Encantado will soon complete Christ the Protector, which will exceed its Rio counterpart by 16 feet. In Rio, Christ the Redeemer has stood sentinel over Brazil's second most populous city for 90 years. The 98-foot statue stands atop a 26-foot pedestal bringing it to an imposing 124 feet tall. The new statue won't exactly dwarf Rio's, but it will be about a head taller. The Christ the Protector statue will stand at 140 feet by the time it's completed later this year. CNN reports that only Poland's Christ the King and a 249-foot statue under construction in Mexico will be larger. The installation is expected to be a boon to the region's tourism industry. And when Chicago shut down last March because of the coronavirus pandemic, Sister Stephanie Balaga was certain the shutdown wouldn't affect the Chicago Marathon in October. Sister Stephanie said in an interview, I'm so sure that they're not going to cancel the race that if they do cancel the race, I will run a marathon on a treadmill. Then they actually canceled the race. 
So on the day of the treadmill marathon, dozens of people joined Sister via Zoom to cheer for her and offer encouragement, including bronze medalist in the 2005 Olympics, Dina Castor. Sister Stephanie held the world record as the first ever woman to attempt a record to record a time for a marathon on a treadmill. But she says the best part of the experience was raising over $150,000 for the outreach program run by her community, the Franciscans of the Eucharist in Chicago. The Franciscans live and work at the Mission of Our Lady of the Angels in outreach to the poor on the west side of Chicago, and they've been feeding 3,000 to 4,000 families per month during the pandemic. And in his Regina Chaley address on Sunday, Pope Francis applauded the beatification of six Cistercian monks who were martyred while trying to protect the Eucharist from desecration by the French soldiers in 1799. Blessed Simeon Cardon and five other Cistercian monks were beatified on April 17th in the Italian Abbey where they were martyred over 200 years ago. Speaking from the window of the Vatican's Apostolic Palace for the first time in weeks, Pope Francis asked the pilgrims gathered in St. Peter's Square on April 18th to applaud the new blesseds, saying, quote, In 1799, when French soldiers, in retreat from Naples, sacked churches and monasteries, these meek disciples of Christ resisted with heroic courage unto death to defend the Eucharist from desecration. May their example spur us to a greater commitment of fidelity to God, capable of transforming society and making it more just and fraternal. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Monday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Wow, if I could raise $150,000 for our apostolate, I think I'd run a marathon on a a treadmill. Okay, maybe not. Okay, praise be to God, St. Alphage of Winchester, pray for us. He was born in 954 in Weston, England. He was born to the nobility, but he gave it up to become a young monk in uh, Gloucestershire. Easy for me to say. He was an anchorite, a monk, then the abbot at Bath. He was known for his personal piety and austerity. He became the Bishop of Winchester in England in 984. He built several churches, installed a cathedral organ that was so large that it could be heard up to a mile away. And his charity was so great that there was reported to be no beggars within his diocese. He might have also helped to negotiate peace treaty in 994, which ended some of the Viking raids. He became the Archbishop of Canterbury in 1006, and in 1011, the Danes began raiding again and laid siege to Canterbury, sacked the town, and captured Alphage along with several other church officials, all of whom were held for ransom. It was reported to have uh, uh, been the case that he healed many of the Danes that were sick by praying over them and feeding them blessed bread. St. Alphage uh, refused to approve the payment of ransom for himself, and after several months, in fact, was martyred by angry, drunken Vikings. He was, uh, I think it was the 19th of April, 1012. He was beaten with stones and ox bones and then struck on the head with the blunt edge of an axe, dying for the faith. In fact, it is said that St. Thomas Becket was praying for St. Alphage's intercession just before he was murdered. And in 1078, Pope St. Gregory VII canonized him. St. Alphage of Winchester, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 22 through 29. After Jesus had fed the 5,000 men, his disciples saw him walking on the sea. The next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus 
had not gone along with his, with his disciples in the boat, but only his disciples had left. Other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they had eaten the bread when the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Very stark and very clear words from our Lord. To believe in the one whom he has sent. Make that very uh, impression in your mind about uh, the intent of God to send his son and have the world believe in him. And the food that perishes is this earthly kingdom that we are living in right now, journeying through towards what? The heavenly kingdom that will last for eternity. Let's not lay our roots. Let's not stake our claim here. Let's stake our claim in heaven. What did you find, Adrian? Yes, uh, the one thing I wanted to focus on, or I guess two things, is one, the rabbi, when uh, when did you get here? That I find that incredibly fascinating. Cornelius Lapide says that our Lord, due to his great humility, uh, refused to answer the question and instead uh, answered a totally different question that nobody was asking, uh, <laughs> but is the question that they should have asked. They're like, well... Yeah, I a good question. I'm going not I'm not going to answer it. Instead, I'm going to tell you what you should have asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting because the people ask, why do they ask? Because they were like, okay, your disciples went onto the water before you. There's only one boat. And somehow you ended up on the boat with them. How did that happen? And so he didn't want to tell them in all humility that he walked on the water to catch up with his disciples and hop onto the boat. And so they and and then it's also funny to me because in the gospel, it kind of just skips over it. It's just like, yeah, and then Jesus walked on the water to go catch up with the disciples. No big deal. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Um, and that's, so that's just a fun fact and an interesting point that Cornelius Lapide uh, brings out. Uh, the main point being here, though, about works. We often hear from our Protestant brothers and sisters that faith, uh, that it's faith alone. Yet here we see that Christ says that we must work. He said, do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. So we must work for the food that endures to eternal life. And what is that work? He said to believe in the son, believe in the work. Uh, he, so we have to believe. And so what, what does that mean? That means belief is a work. Mm-hmm. So if you have faith, faith is in and of itself is a work. So uh, whenever people say faith, uh, that we are saved by faith alone, we have to understand that we are without faith, are, are without works, our faith is dead. So faith without works is dead, so says the Holy Scripture, Says so says Holy Writ. So that's important to remember, and uh, just whenever uh, Protestants bring it up, to point out, our Lord said, we must work for the bread of eternal life. Amen. Praise be to God. 
We must have faith that transforms our life, and our life should be a testimony to our faith. All right, we're going to come back from a very short break, and we're going to play Fear and Trembling Game Show. It's a Catholic trivia show uh, where prizes are involved. You could win. All you have to do is be our first caller at 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Don't even need to know the answers at 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share this with anyone. Keep this just between us. But we like to teach a little bit about the faith so you always learn something you didn't know before. We like to laugh in the process and we give out prizes. It's kind of a winner for everyone involved and it's a lot of fun. So here's the deal if you're just joining us. I have Catholic Trivia uh, questions in my hand, but I don't ask the caller who calls in to be the contestant, so they don't even need to know the answers to these. Instead, I ask Emily and Adrian. One of them, will, one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup 
of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's sponsor is Providential Company, which is a Catholic shop made by Trisha, who is a Catholic mother uh, in Texas who designs, it's it's mostly candles. So she has these really cool scented candles that come with um, Catholic scents, think um, like church incense, stuff like that. So she's giving away a candle this week in the scent of, what is it? She's also giving away an Our Lady of Guadalupe print, and the candle is called Victory Votive. So very uh, on on brand for these, this Easter season, as well as a Memento Mori pin. So a whole prize set for this week's prize winner from Providential.co. Praise be to God. All right. A lot of calls came in today. Well, very excited. We love to see the phone lines light up. Uh, just, it's a pleasure to play the game with our audience. So if you don't get in today, call tomorrow. There'll be plenty of chances all week long. We'll pull the winner on Friday. So you'll still have time, but you can always find that phone number nice and early by going to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. The rules of the game, the phone number, all of it's there. Just scroll down. You'll see it. But let us go to the phones and uh, let's see Helen and Josh. Good morning to you. Thanks for being on our program good morning praise be to god uh helen and uh josh thanks uh again for joining us make sure your radio is turned down but where are you calling from we're calling from houston hey now praise be to god our backyard now wh- where do you go to church helen st thomas more praise be to god we're glad you're on today and i want to say today is like all easy questions monday or something like that so i think it should be a fairly uh, fun show now have you played the, have, you, have you listened do you understand how the rules are played yeah good so you know emily you know adrian you know they can be tricky they are very tricky. <laughs> they are very tricky indeed. All right, let's play. We're going to start with Emily first. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. Emily, can you tell me what language was the New Testament originally written in? Oh, this question was made for me. The New Testament was made in Greek. You sound very confident. Yes. Okay. Okay. A little too confident. A little too confident, Adrian says. It's all Greek to me. What do I know? Adrian, can you tell me what original language was the New Testament written in? Well, certainly it must have been written in French. In French? Obviously. Obviously. That's your answer, huh? Okay. Okay. Adrian is on the hook for French, and Emily is on the hook for Greek. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Helen and Josh, what say you? Emily. Emily, Emily. survey says. Oh, wow. Well, praise be to God, Josh. I thought you for did sure good. French was going to throw someone off. Now, was that tricky, Josh, or did you like already know that? French is like a newer newer language, and Greek is like really old, and so is the Bible. Duh. Wow. Where's the dumb? (laughs) Good job, Josh. Now, I think a really tricky way to answer wrong might have been Aramaic because there are scholars who believe that the Gospel of Matthew was originally written in Aramaic and then translated into Greek. So who knows? Could have been. Eh. I'm with the Greek. You're going all Greek there. All right. Congratulations, Helen and Josh. You, in fact, are in the coffee cup of Divine Providence, and you get two more chances. So we'll start with Adrian this next round. Adrian, you ready to go? Oh, yes. Adrian, can you tell me 
the seven sacraments give us what kind of grace? That would be divine energia. Divine? Or in English, divine energies. Div- divine energia was your answer. Yes. Or energies, it's fine. Mm. Same, same thing. <laughs> divine energia. Okay. Emily, can you tell me the seven sacraments? What kind of grace do they give us? This is called sanctifying grace. Sanctifying. Seems pretty straightforward to me, but what do I know? Uh, I'm no Greek scholar. So let's see. A- Adrian is on the hook for divine energia, and Emily is on the hook for sanctifying. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Helen and Josh, what say you? Emily? Emily? Did I hear Emily? Survey yes. says. Congratulations. Woo, two for two. I don't understand how you got that one right. They were so neck and neck, those answers. Hey, I mean, well, just... actually, the Eastern tradition holds that, uh, basically replaces the word grace with energy. Of course, all the Eastern Orthodox are attacking me right now, but uh, <laughs> but essentially it's the same thing. Divine energy. Okay, where's our hashtag wrong, so, so wrong from Christopher Chance? All right, third question. You're in, you guys are in for two. Praise be to God. Last question here, and uh, this is I, I'm, I'm quite interested in this last one. I find it personally fascinating, so we'll see how it goes. Emily, we're going to back with, start back with you again this time. Okay. Which pope worked on the destruction and rebuilding of St. Peter's Basilica during the Renaissance period? Um... Oh, who was the Pope that lightning struck the Vatican? I'm going to go with Pope Francis. Pope Francis? Yes. Okay. During the Renaissance period? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me, which Pope worked on the destruction and rebuilding of St. Peter's Basilica in the Renaissance period? Uh, In the Renaissance period? Yes. In the Renaissance? Yes, Renaissance. Is that is that Spanish? It's French. Oh, okay. French. France. I don't French. know. English. Uh, Julius the second. I have no idea. Is that your answer? That's my answer. Julius the second. That's what my answer is. Okay, Adrian is on the hook for Julius the second. Emily is on the hook for Francis. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Helen and Josh. What say you? Adrian. Survey says. Adrian. Oh, there, oh, there it is. Like, where's our sounder? Praise be <laughs> to God, Josh. You did perfect score, Josh. How do you feel about that? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Hey. Let's go. Praise go. be to God. Now, okay, pop quiz, pop quiz, extra bonus here. Uh-oh. Have you ever seen Okay, no, let me ask it this way. Do, name the movie that depicts Uh-oh. the life between uh, Pope Julius II and Michelangelo in the <laughs> rebuilding of the of St. Peter's. Have Do you no know? Clue. Do you know? Who knows? Anybody? It's so niche. N- nobody okay, knows. Okay, TikTok time's up. It's called the Agony and the Gar. Uh, the Agony and the Ecstasy is put out in 1965. Charlton Heston plays Michelangelo. You got to watch it. It's pretty good. Mm. We're not that old. <laughs> yeah, uh, me either. <laughs> but not, neither am I. But Joe's I do have man. access to Google Play Store. I'm just saying. No, Joe's just really old. <laughs> well, Helen and Josh, congratulations! Well done. Perfect score. Uh, thanks for playing our uh, Easy Monday version of Fear and Trembling. God bless you both.
Thank you. You're going to have to, uh, we're going to put you on hold. We'll get your phone number to make sure. Because if it's God's will, your name will be pulled out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence on Friday, uh, which is the second to the last time Emily Alcaraz will ever do it. Weeping a tear now. Ding. At any rate. Wow. Praise be to God. God bless you. We're going to put you on hold. Have a great day, Helen and Josh. Thank you. Thank bye. you. Bye. <laughs> bye. And that is going to do it for today's uh, radio side of Catholic Drive Time in the after show, which is coming up in just a few moments. Praise be to God. We'll be on live video, YouTube. We'll be on Twitter. We'll be on Facebook and hanging out with you. You get to drive the conversation wherever you want to go. We can go there. Uh, we'd love to see where you're from. We have a first. We have a couple of first-time commenters. I think that we need to recognize. So we love especially first-time commenters, uh, so that we can lavish some love on you, and uh, maybe uh, uh, we'll throw a lot of insider jokes around. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, whatever you want to conversate on, we can talk about what Edward Penton was uh, discussing on the show with we'll the talk health about essence energies debate. Um, yeah. That and all that and coming up more on the after show. If you're going to Holy Mass, though, or you're going to be listening to the stream of the Holy Mass here in just a moment across the Guadalupe Radio Network, do us a favor and please keep us in your prayers. We're very grateful to you. We, of course, will be praying for you as well. We have a full lineup of incredible guests this week. Tomorrow, our big guest is going to be talking about human trafficking. He was former CIA, and uh, his job is to track down the human traffickers all over the world. And he works with the agencies, and, and it's he's going to give us the scoop on one of the biggest plagues known to man today, the real pandemic of human trafficking in our society. I'm excited about uh, that uh, guest being on. It's a topic I've wanted to cover for a very long time, so I hope you'll join us for that and much more of Catholic Drive Time, new opportunity for the game show tomorrow, all that and more. Be sure to stop by our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. To get the links to our sponsors and our program and our games, our videos, podcasts, and more. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and the After Show, where we conversate about whatever it is that's on your heart, your mind, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, we are here to hang out with you for the next uh, 15 minutes. We end early on Mondays because Adrian has to produce another show right at the top of the hour. So uh, if you got something you want to talk about, you better put it in the com box sooner rather than later so that we can jump all over it. But we have a lot of people hanging out with us today. Great crowd this morning on the show. Praise be to God. Let's see. Patty, of course, our friend Patty is always hanging out with us in the first hour. It's always good to see her. Christopher Chance, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Fernando Fernandez, good morning. Uh, good to have you hanging out with us over on the Facebook side. Let's see here. Fernando is a second-time commenter. We need to, like, now we're going to have to have a second-time commenter <laughs> sound. 
Uh, Luz, good morning, Luz. Thank you for hanging out with us today, Luz. Praise be to God. Let's see. Uh, okay, I'm scrolling just to make sure I got everybody on. That's on one. I, we have like three Facebook posts. Uh, Don, good morning. Lori Powell, good morning. Uh, Adrian, tell us about your Sunday protest, please. Oh. Oh. Yes. Wa- hold on. Wa- Wa- Joaquin, good morning. Let me thank a few more people here. Wa- Jesus Robles and Bridget. Bridget, you're like a first-time commenter, right? It, yes, she's definitely. And I'm like 99% sure she's a first-time commenter. Judith as well. And Judith as well. Judith is a first-time commenter. And also Rick. I don't know. Is Rick a first-time commenter? Hello. Rick uh, from Buffalo. Are you a first-time commenter? I, I don't recognize your profile picture, but um, absolutely. So thank you for everybody who is our first-time commenter. Praise be to God. Let us know if we missed you. Yeah. Praise be to God. Josh Noel, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning, Josh. Who else? Who else is on with us today? On YouTube side. Valentin, good morning. Whoa. Pocahontas, good morning. First-time commenter. A lot of first-time commenters today. So many first-time commenters. Praise be to God. It's so nice to have first-time commenters. We love people who are watching, um, but it's just so much more fun when you're commenting as well. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Praise be to God. I see uh, Jennifer there. Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. Um, Chris Chris has a really good point. He said, um, for the second time commenters, we should... Um, Jesus is a friend of mine. <laughs> Jesus is my friend. And I really Jesus like that idea. A it's a, it's a really brilliant idea. Uh, but we haven't made up our mind yet, right? And we can right, still right. Time to dialogue about this, right? Right, right of course. Like, we, we should dialogue about this. I, I, and I will the, meet and you the way where the you're Vatican at. dialogues about these things. <laughs> I, I'm meeting you where you're, you're at. and, so I, and it's, I'm. Uh, it's tit for tat, a little bit of yours side but you know, be, and a little bit of my side. Because I have an ecumenical spirit, I decided to make a button with this on it. Yes! Because I have that ecumenical spirit, you the know, horns I just, of the I decided to add that um, out of my the great charity and imitation of mm. our great uh, clergy up in Rome. <laughs> it's epic. Praise be to God. Pocahontas, you've run afoul to so many inside jokes, you're probably like confused and left already. Y'all are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Pocahontas. Valentine, did I say good morning to Valentine? How about Susan? Praise be to God. Susan's hanging out with us. And Dan. Did you already say Jennifer? Uh, Jennifer, I did. Yeah, Dan. Uh, Dan was like this morning, replace Emily. Where is she going? So sorry. Oh, I thought he was suggesting that. No, he was <laughs> like, what do you mean, Let's Emily? We're, we're way ahead of you. <laughs> way ahead. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. Um, we are actively looking for the next CDT team member. And, and by God's grace and hopeful, uh, he will provide this <laughs> the best possible. Sorry. What are you laughing about now? We have, we have, we have 10 minutes to go before we have hey, to say goodbye. Jesus so hey, to- said, uh, Jesus is a friend of mine being picked up by the billboards and is a top 10 song thanks to CDT. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. Uh, I, earlier, uh, Jesus was trying to bribe Emily into staying. I, I I know that's like a statue. That's a pretty. That's a <laughs> pretty a big. That's a pretty big uh, bribe right there. I'd Which probably relic? take it. He, now Which he, ha- relic? he has a he has a relic of the true cross. What are we talking here? <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? You know, he lets you become. Uh, technically, he'd have to let you become the steward of the relic. Mm. You know, goals. Another beautiful Buffalo morning with CDT Rick. It's good to see you. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Rick uh, usually. Or no, is it Rick? Do you are you the one that sends me the emails? I can't remember. After or is it Paul? I, I forget. I haven't had enough coffee yet this morning, so it's still foggy brain going on. Who asked about the uh, the trip? My trip to A and M yesterday. Lori did. Lori, okay. 
We have we have time right now. Go for it. Awesome. So the um, last night, uh, or I guess yesterday afternoon. So we went to mass, went to holy mass. Afterwards, I uh, met up with the TFP, and uh, me and a few other people uh, met with them, and we hopped in the 15 passenger van and we hightailed it over to A and M, and we set up banners um and we the video should be out in a couple days about our experience there but it was really it was actually uh it what's really sad about the event is not just the the fact that it was a drag queen show and there's an offense against god's law um and this the air has no rights so they do not have a right to be uh, performing in public and especially since a&m was funding it it's not just individual sin but it's institutional sin because a&m was funding the event there they were using their money to do it uh students money to do it but the thing that really really shocks me is the fact that saint mary's was actively discouraging people from going out and supporting the uh, protesters in fact a friend of mine um actually sent me he had he was asked to resign because he was going out to protest and he in his letter it was a great letter he wrote a great resignation letter and he was talking about you know he has to respond he has to have be an echo of fidelity he has to otherwise he's uh what is he if he stands for nothing but he's going to fall for everything mm. it was a, it was a great point and and it's so sad because the people you think will be on your side are attacking you and it's and it breaks my heart because these are good people. He was and this priest was actually going to be officiate his wedding, and then he because he was going out to protest the drag queen show, he said he's no longer going to officiate his wedding. That's insane. And his wedding is in a month, and so he's searching for another priest. How how incredibly it's insane horrible, is that? horrible. And so that that's just because the you're persecution. The dignity of the human person, the gift of human sexuality, the gift of, of who we are as persons being made in the image and likeness of God, because you're defending that in the public sphere, then I can't, I can't celebrate your wedding? Mm-hmm. Really? Exactly. What? It's heartbreaking. What? It's so heartbreaking. What was his reason? His heart, reason was he said that the, the, the um, one, he said it wasn't peaceful. And that's another thing. I had a number of friends at A&M, and I text them to tell them to come. They said, you know, Father said at the uh, in his homily last Sunday not to go to the, to the protest because we weren't peaceful. We're just standing outside praying the rosary. <laughs> and then it's not like we were being attacked, like they were fearing for our, our safety. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. And we, I'm perfectly fine. I went there last year. I, whenever my friend texted me, he said, yeah, the Father said it wasn't peaceful last time to not go. I was like, I went last time. It was perfectly peaceful. We prayed four rosaries. We sang Immaculate Mary, Hell right. Holy Queen. You stand there and, and you we, pray. And, and that's all. And that's it. We had a statue of Our Lady of Fatima. What, what, <laughs> what, uh, what is objectionable about that? They said, oh, but your signs are very strongly worded. Well, oh. oh, okay. They said, but the guys look stern. Oh, okay. <laughs> the guys look stern. Yeah, we're praying the rosary. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. It's... It, it's so absurd. The the attacks against it are so superficial. It's diabolical. Yeah. And it breaks my heart that – because you expect it. You expect it from the left. You expect it from the drag queens who are out there yelling at us and cursing at us. You expect it from them. But you don't expect it from your priest. You don't expect it from your friends. You don't expect it from the priest who's going to officiate your wedding. And that's heartbreaking. Well, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Edward Pennant about this healthcare summit thing in the Vatican. You know – it's one thing to say, well, we, we, we need to dialogue with people. Great, fine. I'll give you that. Let's dialogue. Show me the dialogue. Where's the dialogue? Where's the, where's the tit for tat? Where is the, I'll hear you, but now you're going to hear me part. 
that part is is gone from the Vatican Health Summit. And in, in this case, it's like, all right, Father, uh, what is your solution to addressing the uh, these transgendered story hours that are manipulating the minds of the impressionable uh, towards evil and immorality and to the destruction of souls? I mean, that's an eternity kind of thing. It's not just a here and now and it'll go away after a while. It's an eternity kind of thing. So what is your solution for that? If you don't like the praying part out in front or the or the strongly worded signs or the stern-faced men, then what is your solution to help save these people from destruction? Absolutely. And that's the other thing. A lot of the people, the counter-protesters that came, they would uh, they'd come up and say, didn't Jesus say to be loving? And they'd be yelling at us, telling us that Jesus said to be loving. And he said, don't be a hypocrite standing at the street corners as they're standing on the street corners with their signs and their rainbow flags. And um, and uh, it's crazy because the there, there's three things wrong here. One, there's a false understanding of love. Love is to will the good of the other for the sake of other. And that means if we desire love, if we love someone, we desire what's best for them. And that is heaven. And so we have to hate the sin but love the sinner. So we pray for those that they are converted, that they are brought to eternal life. And then the second error is the uh, the don't make pro- public prayers. And that that's also absurd. We see St. Louis de Mumford had uh, advocated for public uh, rosary rallies. He said uh, there was immorality in the streets. So he encouraged people to stand outside uh, on their in front of their front porch and pray the rosary. And what happened? It changed their their life it changed the people around them same thing we see it in scripture uh the marching over jericho the walls of jericho why did god do it that way he didn't have to god could have uh just had them pray in private and huddle in a circle and pray mm. like that but he had them go out and blow trumpets and bring the ark of the covenant and so we do the same things they're yeah. blowing bagpipes we're praying the rosary we're bringing mm. our lady of fatima who is the ark of the covenant um out to the public square um, so these are the errors that people fall into, and it, it's so sad. But it was a blessing. I got home. Uh, I got. We got back to uh, to our uh, where our car was at like a, a four about midnight, twelve thirty. I headed straight over to the studio. I brought a sleeping bag and slept underneath the table, um, and then woke up, and now I'm here. Amen. Praise be to God. Eric, our friend, says, "Can I get a shout out? Happy birthday to Father Ernie of Divine Mercy of Our Lord." Catholic Church in Mesquite, Texas, uh, out in the Dallas area. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. I will save you the the penance and pain and suffering of me singing you the song, Father. Instead, we'll give you this. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Such a great birthday gift. <laughs> Banging my head. I thought we were going to dialogue about that first. I thought we were going to have a conversation, and you were going to hear out the arguments and consider them. But Look, I met you where you're at, and I decided yeah. otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't smell like the sheep, I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, I don't know, praise be to God, we have only a couple of minutes left today. Uh, we end early on Mondays because uh, Eric has, or Eric, Adrian, good grief. I'm going to take a nap after the show. I, Me apparently too. I need it. Uh, we, Adrian has another show to produce at the top of the hour with Bree Dale and uh, Joy Mignon about uh, sort of the news of the day. It's still uh, very similar, but a very interesting conversation between Bree and Joey. You know, that was the thing about news of the world that also fascinated me. So post-Civil War, Texas, where the federal government has occupied the South, in this case, Texas, right? And uh, you had to have, you couldn't carry firearms. If you carried a shotgun, it had to have birdshot. And you had to have your papers because federal authorities could always question you and ask you for your papers and your oath of loyalty to the North. And so Tom Hanks's character, his job was to go town to town reading the news to townspeople 
who didn't have the time or couldn't read uh, for themselves. And so he would he would he would add some embellishment and some you know entertainment to the process. But he physically stood up there and pulled out newspapers and read them. And I thought, wow, that's interesting because there's a lot of similarities to what we do in providing you the news, the information, and providing you some Catholic perspective on all of that. It's part of our mission. It's an interesting film. Um, I encourage you to watch it. Uh, uh, we'll have to talk more about it later, but because we're running out of time here. But Bruce, God bless you and God lo- uh, God love you, Bruce. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Over, I to see your top fan, Bruce says, "Bingo, Adrian." So everybody today hung- hanging out with us on our live video feed. God love you. God bless you. Make sure you're on our email list. We're going to send out part two of the three part series of talks that I gave on the radical choice. I gave out uh, talk number one this past week. This week it'll be talk number two. So you'll get that through our email list at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. Human trafficking is our agenda tomorrow. Hopefully you'll tune in 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Until then, may God richly bless you. We'll see you. God bless. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. All right, Bree, can you hear me? You see the egg over there, Emily? Yes, I did. Where did it come from? My daughter made it. Which daughter? Uh, Bree, can we get a test on your mic? Hmm, I'm not hearing you. I'm connected to you via Comrex, right? Oh, okay, timed out. That's why. There we go. Let's see. Uh, Bree, check your Comrex system. Is there anything on it that it says? It says anything on there?
One, two, one, two. Okay. You're connected. Um, though I'm hearing okay. an echo. Yeah. So is that, is your zoom muted? Let's see. Much better. There you go. Uh, Joey, are you there? Wait, do we have two Joeys yeah, on today? Sorry. I'm fixing everything. We do have two Joeys on today. That's going to get confusing. Maybe use full names. Yeah. Yeah, this won't be confusing at all. What's the uh, the video you sent? What's the video for today? Uh, Maxine Waters or Maxine? Yeah. Hmm. He calls it a public health crisis. That's the the term. Yes, the the camera won't even work now. I don't know what's happening over here. No, I'm on my I'm on my hotspot, but I have to restart the computer because my camera is not working. Okay, so give me a second. Uh, which segment is he going to be in? Okay, so he's going to, you're going to assume at the top of the show. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Okay, that's good. Um, he has to unmute himself. I can't. I can only mute people. I can't unmute them. Um, okay, wonderful. 
what's uh, and so the which video is which for the the first one you sent is which one and the second one? Okay. Uh, Joey, uh, can I get a mic test for you, Minyo? Yep. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. Um, do you want sound for the video? Yeah, I think that would probably be a good. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The video is not so much important as the audio is. Okay. Then that changes how I set this up. So thank you. I was a fan of not even bringing it up and moving on to something else. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm moving on. Uh, you wanted to, are you going to bring up the Pope stuff, the Pope and church stuff first, or are you going to, okay. Hey. No, no, it's boring rain. <laughs> Not that bad. And not just manslaughter. Before I let you go, I want to ask about another epidemic. Okay. That's probably where I'm better on analysis because I don't know much about the church stories other than what you're going to say right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And can you hear me okay? Is my audio okay? Yep. Good for me. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am freezing out here. It's working, but not really. <laughs> Hashtag Terrace Life. Joey, your room looks great. It's getting there. Thank you. <laughs> no, wrong Joey.
was the conference, uh, his, his, his message and his conference, the message in the conference. I've got enough notes on that. Talk about that one. Talk about that one, not the aliens. Yeah, uh, I've got uh, several notes on on that particular conference. I watched the whole thing and dug into it. So uh, anyway, we, we'll we'll the uh, yeah the whole uh, unite to prevent conference. Yeah, that's the conference. It's called unite to prevent. Like it's the no. I like I I looked. I watched the the announcement. I watched or I looked through the the website. Looked at all the people that are participating in it. Uh, yeah, it's it's athletes, politicians, and musicians, millionaires. Uh, one minute. I'm gonna mute y'all, and uh, we'll be on in and I guess at this point, fifty seconds. Live from the Sun 